0: Welcome to the iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. And for our third installment of our Tex Mex Barbecue series, I chat with Joseph Quayar of JQ's Tex Mex Barbecue in Houston, Texas. JQ's is an underground Tex Mex barbecue joint that slings in barbecue at pop ups and several other events and collaborations. He's researched the history of Tex Mex cuisine and he prides himself on keeping those traditions alive. Although he cooks some great Central Texas-style barbecue, he likes to think of himself as a Tex-Mex joint first. And I don't blame him with some of the incredible dishes that he's throwing down. We chat with him about his creative menu, which includes items like fresh-made chimichangas, brisket tamales with queso, puffy tacos, and so much more. He tells us about how he got started in this barbecue adventure and the cool projects he has coming up, which include an incredible collaboration this coming weekend on September 14th with Koi Barbecue. He's also going to be at the Houston Barbecue Showdown and the Butcher's Ball. He even shares a bit of his personal side with us. You don't want to miss this one. This is J.Q.'s Tex-Mex Barbecue. Alrighty, today I'm chatting with Joseph Cuellar of JQ's Tex-Mex Barbecue. What's up, my brother? What's up, big bro? How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm glad uh, we finally got to sit down and get this thing taken care of.
1: I know, man. We've been trying for a little bit, man. I appreciate your patience, bro.
0: Oh, it's all good, man. It's all good. You've been doing a lot of great things out there, and um, we got to hang out a little bit uh, last weekend over at Robert Jacob Lerma's. Uh, awesome event there.
1: That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I got a chance to chat a little bit with, uh, JC Reed out there. And, um, you know, he was talking to me about the event that you guys had that the Tex-Mex block party. I know you were one of the participants. What was that
1: like? I think for first time event, it was like, it exceeded expectations for, I think everyone. It was incredible. It it had the vibe of like a real like backyard party. Like this is like a quinceañera, you know, the party after the quinceañera, you know, where everybody's (laughs) eating and and enjoying. I mean, it just had that vibe. I mean, it was it was a Houston barbecue event. But those guys did a great job about finding teams of people that that represent barbecue in a little bit of a different way. You know what I mean? Like there's. Tex-Mex menu items on literally every single barbecue joint in Texas now, like all of them. But what J.C. and and Michael Fulmer were able to do was really hunt and find a different level of Tex-Mex in in the teams that they found, and it just the the vibe that it created there was just outstanding. I mean, everybody had a good time. I just there was no there was no bad vibe in the whole building. It was it was so awesome.
0: Cool, man. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about what you cook there and and all that. The reason I brought that up at the beginning here is is that that's kind of what uh, motivated me or inspired me to do a little Tex-Mex series. So I um, wanted to talk to you guys, some of the participants there, but also some other folks that are doing Tex-Mex barbecue outside of outside of the area as well. So I appreciate you jumping on and being part of this series. Uh, and let's let's go ahead and jump right in, man. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up and some of your influences.
1: Uh, well, I grew up in Houston, Texas, in a neighborhood where I do a majority of my pop ups now. But before we moved to Houston, kind of grew up in the country, man, down in, in South Texas, uh, like the Angleton, Brazoria area. A lot of my childhood was spent down there just kind of, you know, like raising chickens and watching my grandmother and. And being kind of raised out on, you know, the farm life. And then when we got a little bit older, we moved into the city and Spring Branch followed not long after that. And that's where I kind of grew up. I would guess I would say that my influences are it's I mean, I have I have several different kinds of influence. Like I treat Tex-Mex barbecue more like Tex-Mex, I guess, than 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 predominantly barbecue. So like my major influence, my I'm sorry, my major inspiration I would say is Rob Walsh because uh, the work that he's done in Texas. If if you if anybody knows who Rob Walsh is, he's basically the 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 godfather of the traveling Texas barbecue scene. He's he's the guy that kind of started it all. Even even before Daniel Vaughn, there was Rob Walsh. He's he's spent a lifetime dedicating to himself to making sure that the cooking styles of Texas aren't forgotten. So he has books that represent the, all the different styles of cooking through Texas barbecue. And he has books on Tex-Mex, which is another thing that he's really passionate about. If you read any of those books, it's it's basically a history lesson. It's It's something that I became really passionate about, not just delivering barbecue, but actually delivering Tex-Mex, which is something, which is a cuisine that's, it's like, I just I just saw an article today about about it and it's and you read the comments and it's and they're all the same. It's like it's like, who cares? They all they all taste the same. Basically, it's what the notion is, you know, and I think that's sad because I think Tex-Mex is important enough for us to preserve it. And so, like, of course, Rob Walsh. And so guys like, again, another one of my inspirations is a uh, Ford Fry who is a well-known restaurateur, and he owns several restaurants here in town, one being Superica. You know, if you, if you read up on his philosophy about what, what his Tex-Mex cuisine is, again, it's, it follows that same notion that you need to preserve the heritage of it in order to really define it. You know, you can't know where you're going unless you know where you're coming from. So even though JQ's Tex-Mex barbecue started off as kind of like a, I wanted to share the flavors of my family, like what I ate growing up and and that kind of thing. I think it, it it changed very quickly to wanting to really dive more into the Tex-Mex side of it and and help reestablish what Tex-Mex used to be. So of course, barbecue gives me the platform to be able to do that. And so we really try to use that to fuse in classic Tex-Mex dishes if you know us or follow what we do you know you you see things like puffy tacos chimichangas enchiladas things that are classic to a Tex-Mex menu and i really wanted to make combo plates like a stylish thing again you know make it to where you know you don't just have to have a platter of of texas barbecue it could be a a platter of a combination of things like tamales and puffy tacos maybe some brisket tacos as well, you know, and then your sides as well. It's, you know, and that's kind of where we're at with, with our concept.
0: Yeah. That's, that's very interesting because, you know, you're not a barbecue or a central Texas barbecue joint that started off as a Texas barbecue joint and then just evolved into a Tex-Mex joint. You were like, Straight up Tex-Mex barbecue right from the very beginning. And uh, you did the research, <laughs> you know, that's pretty cool, man.
1: Um, You, you know, I, I thought it was important to um I'm I'm that kind of person. Like I, I really read up and, and studied barbecue and Tex-Mex before I ever started cooking. You know, I, I'm one of those kinds of people that when I started to get an idea of something that I want to do, I obsess over it. So then I'll like research and research and try to teach myself everything that I can about it before I ever do it. And I think that's been a big part of of the success that we've had in our in our team is that I'm, I've committed our, you know, myself and in, in, in more than just cooking. You know, the ideas, the where does where does it all stem from? You know, that that stuff is is very important.
0: That's commendable you started down that path and that this now you're just kind of improving uh, along the way you know that uh, your your Instagram really has been like one of my favorite Instagrams to look at because of all the different cool things that you come out with. I mean that la Mariposa that's a prime Brisket tamale with chorizo. Uh, uh, queso blanco, man, that I look at that and I'm like, dang, man, that's something <laughs> that, that I love I mean, right there close yeah, chimichangas that, I mean, and everything yeah. like that. You know, that I'm, you know, I'm Tex-Mex, man. I grew up in mm-hmm. West Texas and, and I love that stuff, man. And, and it seems like every time I look at your page, there's something new that you're coming out with. I was fortunate enough to hit one of your pop-ups, uh, when I was in Houston, um, a while back and, uh, and that creamy green sauce and, and just everything that you do that you that I had that day was incredible. I can just imagine all the other things that you're doing. So, yeah, man, I, first of all, thanks for doing all of that, because you're, you're definitely taking it to the next level. And I think you push some of these other guys, too. To, uh, to step it up a notch. So what's behind all of this creativity?
1: That It all comes from that from the start, man. Like when you came down to, to Houston and had our food, that we were, you know, kind of getting just into the groove of things. And I think I was able to give you a pretty solid plate of food that day. Oh, yeah. But that was still when my mom was standing beside us, rolling out tortillas head by hand. Everyone, everything was scratched right there as far as that go as concerned. And, you know, I was like, I got to a point where I'm like, how how far can I take like sharing what I grew up eating? Because what I grew up eating really was simple food. You know, we we didn't have a lot of money, so I didn't grow up eating empanadas all the time. You know, we didn't have some family recipe for it because, you know, we were a steak and, you know, ground beef. I mean, a a ground beef and potato family. So what, what what it started getting to was when I thought about those kinds of meals and where I had them, I don't think that I was drawn from the right influence. And then it kind of hit me. My dad and my uncles, they they've been playing Tejano and country music for 40 plus years. They started when they were kids in the 70s and they have been touring Texas ever since, even in the heyday in the 90s when Tejano music was at its peak. I mean, I grew up on the just, you know, every other weekend when we were with my dad and just on tour going to some bar in East Texas or West Texas or South Texas or on the the county fair circuit. And the one thing that I always remember that I knew that I looked forward to was that no matter where we were gonna go, my my father, he knew where he was gonna eat. He knew a lot of things about anywhere we were gonna go. If he had to get a haircut, he knew where he was gonna go to his barber, anything. A lot lot of little things. But he always knew where he was gonna eat. He always had favorite restaurants in any little town that we were ever in that's where i always experienced those those kinds of dishes you know the puffy tacos the you know and and his favorite city in texas is is san antonio so we spent a lot of time there and then he's always gotten his medicine from mexico you know he's always gone across the border that way and gotten his medicine there because it's always been cheaper for him since he was young and um people don't know that you know people don't people don't understand uh but um if i ever went down with him to mexico I remember one trip that I went the, the, the first time I went down with him. I was like, I think I was like 12, 13 years old. And we went down to Laredo. He took me to several restaurants that he knew were just important to him that he wanted me to experience. And he took me to several of those were street vendors, which is tacos, gorditas, stuff like that. And that was the first time I ever had a mixed grill where they bring you the whole grill still with coals on the bottom of it to the table. And I kind of started drawing from those experiences. And I, and I kind of, that's what led me back to what I had already known, you know, started what I had read from, from Rob and and Ford was that there is all that, that could lead a little boy like me across Texas and, and remember those experiences. And those, those places are really dying little by little. And especially, I mean, look, man, I think Mexican Americans were one of the, very first uh, section of business owners specifically that understood the importance of gentrification of I need to do something to my food. Although, although I want to share the food that I grew up eating, I know I need to change it. I need to make it more acceptable to the masses so that I could be successful so that my family could be successful. And that's where Tex-Mex started. That's, that's where it comes from. Mexican American families that wanted to be, you know, successful. So that's that's kind of where, you know, that's where it led me, man. So I kind of wanted to circle back around and bring those dishes, just so people understand that Tex-Mex isn't just fajitas and margaritas. That it's <laughs> it's more than that.
0: Uh, that's awesome, man. That's that says a lot about your passion and and why your dishes are the way they are, man. So you're going back to the roots for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that that as far as like. Like you said it yourself, the mariposa, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just because I'm trying to bring those, you know, all that that side of Tex-Mex, it's still a family affair. That's that's my aunt's, you know, hand rolled tamale. That's what she serves in, in Louisiana on the weekends. A couple years back, I convinced her that, hey, those are those are good enough that you need to come to Houston, get into this tamale festival that uh, a good friend of mine, Daniel Rosa puts on. Uh, yearly, the Mali festival in Houston in the East End, and man, literally the day of, she drives down, makes a batch of tamales, enters in, and she took second, <laughs> second place. So I knew her tamales were special. I just, I just knew that it was a matter of time that I was gonna also circle back, full, full circle, and bring my family influence back into the mix. And I think that all those elements playing together are the reasons why I'm able to create. That kind of dish and yeah. things like the uh, the horchata banana pudding, you know, bringing it full circle with the
0: little cinnamon toast crunch on top.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was actually a last minute little. <laughs> man. I was look I was <laughs> I was actually looking for those little cinnamon goya uh, cookies and mm-hmm. I just couldn't find them, man. And it was like last second. I was like, oh, my God, I, I know. <laughs> Duh. And and it was I think it was perfect. It was, it was yeah so- no
0: it's it, i mean it's it's almost exactly what you're saying you know mixing what you know with uh with what's what's good for the masses i mean those bowls that you're coming out with with the beef cheek and the al pastor bowls and you know that's that that's all you know bowls are are, are popular right now you know i mean yeah and yeah and uh, they're hearty and delicious
1: th- i think uh i think those the the up uh in Michigan ricewood those those guys can take the credit for kind of putting bowls on the map, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are having fun playing with that and um, the inspiration for that, you know was was a was a collaborative event with with Reveille barbecue, who are very good friends of ours. you know, shout out to Reveille. Those guys are gonna come back double mm-hmm. down stronger. They're coming to get you, so don't worry about those guys um, all right all right <laughs> but no, those guys, I mean. Come on man, it's not it's not every day that a, a top tw- new twenty-five barbecue joint's gonna come and say, Hey man, we love what you're doing. Come do a pop-up on our busiest day. Come, you know what I mean? Come take a piece of our pie just because we believe in you that much. That's mm-hmm. special. That's come on, you know, that's so I uh you know we did the the death by Tex Mex Lua. You know, that's I, I knew I wanted to do the 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 uh a pastor pork belly burnings again, because we had done them a couple of years ago. And I just never had a chance to get back to it. And boom, it was. And of course, we do our beef cheek. And that seems to be a really, really popular dish of ours is is the way we do our beef cheek. So was yeah, like I was going to
0: ask you about the death by Tex-Mex. What, what, what is that? Can you explain it a little bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. OK, so a while back before, you know, Willow ceased his operation at Shady Oaks, Shady Oaks. I was doing a lot of pop ups and the weather was getting bad. And I approached him and I said, hey, man, let me cook on your big, beautiful pit that runs all night. And, you know, I'll help you with anything that I can help you with while I'm cooking. And it turned into a beautiful relationship where the dude kind of where I thought at that point where I was doing really good barbecue and like it was like night and day. The dude showed me how I should be cooking brisket how brisket needs to be cooked. You know, that that dude's a he's, you know, Willows Willow man. Willows he's won the butcher's ball the first two times for for a reason. He was he's a damn good pitmaster and I, I owe a lot of how I cook today to him. So I wanted yeah. to show my appreciation to him for that and I just, I approached him about doing a collaborative event and let's make it a Tex Mex style event and we'll just do a few dishes and boom. So Willows background is well he has kind of two his day job background was like tv av stuff and then by night he was like a hardcore heavy metal i probably shouldn't say heavy metal i don't want to get it wrong like just heavy hardcore music punk rock basically you know Mm -hmm. and so when i was coming up with what i was going to name the event now I, i remember this old punk rock banner or poster that i saw it was like death by punk rock and so I was like, this is perfect. We'll just call it Death by Tex-Mex. So that one, we, we, did, we did it. It went so incredibly well. I, got, we, I mean, we got so much great feedback from it, and everybody wanted to know when the next one was. So after a while, I kind of got the idea that I was like, you know, Death by Tex-Mex could really get some legs under it if, if we kind of expand it. If I can push it to where I'm allowing people across the city whether it be chef, pastry chef, pitmaster, anybody willing to collaborate with me to kind of spread their Tex-Mex wings. You know, even if they do it or not, like whatever, it doesn't matter what they do. Just let's infuse a little death, you know, death by Tex-Mex, man. You know, like help me, co- let's come up with the Muni together. And it became kind of a collaborative series. So our next one is booked with our your really good friends koi barbecue that'll be september 14th we're gonna we're putting we're finalizing the menu for that and uh really excited about that one man
0: yeah man I, I saw those guys on man fire food and i'm like god dang i need to i need to catch them next time i'm in houston thankfully i've i've i have uh i went to willow's before he shut down so i i've had his his food and, and you're right man that guy that guy's killing it. That brisket is is probably some of the best that I've had. It's it's oh, so good.
1: Okay. And you know his fiance Jasmine, her side game. <laughs> Forget about it, man. My my favorite side in all of Texas barbecue is her al gratin cauliflower. Followed very closely second by her spicy cream corn. Like it's just so good, man. So,
0: so he's he's back up and running, uh, but he's working with uh with a different company, isn't he?
1: Yeah, man, he's he's going strong. He's he's consulting right now for a, a family, um, and they're just gonna do some really cool stuff over in the East End.
0: It's good to see him still going, man, because his, his food was really good, and I caught him on the same day I caught you. So man, I was like, I I was in for a treat that day.
1: <laughs> you know, I think we had cooked together that day too. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll probably That's cook cool. together That's
0: that day. Cool. Yeah, man. So Houston is rocking, man. Houston is rocking right now and uh, this whole Tex Mex barbecue scene is rocking right now. You're you're one of the guys leading the way. I know that uh you know, we sat down, broke some bread last year. I think we ate at Brett's backyard barbecue and then we went to Louie Miller's and ate over there too. So I would say we've had some
1: Pretty god darn memorable experiences, no? <laughs> <laughs> right, every time we get together, it's pretty it's damn, pretty, pretty damn awesome. It's always intense, yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: We so gotta get a little warm. bit about um, uh, what you're cooking on, and uh, you know, kind of uh, walk us through that process.
1: Um, so I kind of went against the grain, didn't didn't, kind of, didn't get any of the big the big names to make my pit, mostly because I couldn't afford it. Um, back when I was looking around. Um, mm-hmm. So I find these little guys out in, in Huntsville, Texas, where the prison is. So oh, yeah. naturally, they're called uh, Prison City Ma- uh, Manufacturing and Fabrication. So I-, I saw a bunch of their pits online. The the con- the-, the price was kind of too good to be true. So I, I called them and, uh, you know, they-, they were they kind of assured me, man. And they were like, you come down here and come come look at what we got. And so I drove to Huntsville, which was a pretty cool drive. I, I'm a person that likes, you know, the experience of the, of the ride itself and ended up on a nice little farm with all these cows. And you drive into their farm and the cows will follow after you because they think you're about to feed them out the back of your truck. And no, man, they, they I, I told him what I wanted and he gave me a really good price. And so I went with that and literally literally two weeks later, I had my pit.
0: Wow, is it just a traditional <laughs> offset smoker?
1: Traditional offset smoker, semi uh, semi insulated firebox. So not you know, no no insulation in it, just kind of circle around a square. But that's kind of all I that's, that's what I wanted. It's uh it's the same dimensions as a 250. Okay. But what I what I'd always noticed about pits in general is that if you have pullout racks, that there's that wasted space in between. You know the racks where the doors are, you know, in, in the middle where there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want, for some reason, I just didn't want any wasted space in this thing. So I asked them to build in some some grated still there to where it's flush all the way across when the uh, when your grates are in, in all the way. So I have tons of cooking space on this little pit. I mean, it's a decent little pit. It's got its quirks. It's got its, you know, it's got its flaws and everything, but it's hey man look the the first year i was cooking on an old country pit from academy so as long as you're willing to to dance with the one that brought you you can make anything happen
0: yeah that's what you cut your teeth on huh
1: oh yeah man for sure you know it's awesome and And what what wood are you using i so i traditionally i use oak post oak you know and it took me a long time to get there because I always thought I wanted some different element, maybe pecan or, you know, hickory or something. But, you know, then you just kind of happened to source two different styles of wood and everything. And after a while, you know, it was just it's oak. Oak is great. And um, so how long have you been at this now? So my dad is a barbecue man. I got I somehow I developed all his traits, man. Music. I became a musician. Not not really with his help, just kind of naturally on my own with my friends, you know, and the, I remember the first time I ever cooked leg quarters for my mom, she came and it was on, you know, just a little drum barrel smoker, you know, and I, and I opened it and literally, she said, that looks just like your dad's barbecue. I was like, (laughs) okay. So, but I got really passionate about cooking in 2012 and I, it, I really don't know where the urge came from. I didn't, cook necessarily a whole lot. We had, you know, like you're a young kid, you just having five dishes that you're willing to cook every week is tough enough, you know? So 2012, man, I literally, I woke up one morning and I was just like, I want to grill something. And I didn't even, I, you know, we, I had a, in the closet in our, in our shed, there was a, there was a, a brand new box still that I've had probably since 2008. And it was a old, Brinkman water smoker from Walmart. Brand new, still in the box. I knew it was there. I mean, I'd, pro- I'd had this thing for four or five years already. So, you know what? Let me pull this thing out and see what it's about. And that was it, man. $40, a $40 smoker from Walmart. That was it.
0: What about uh, JQ's Tex-Mex
1: barbecue? When did that start? So that, that came in 2017. I, you know, I, I kind of always knew when I, I think after my first, Cork, i mean it, it was probably god-awful and it was on a weber little kettle grill and it was like you know one day i'm going to do this for a living that's this is what i want to do and i've, I've been a machine i'm an oil field machinist for 15 years straight out of high school i started machining uh, and 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 machining if oil is good in, in houston if oil is good you're going to make a lot of money as a machinist oil is up oil is down you know and when it's down it's down and you you know, it, it's although it's a good career, it's something that I didn't foresee being stable enough for me to really raise a family on. And I've already I mean, I've devoted my whole professional career to machining. And outside of that, the only other thing that I was even remotely passionate about was was barbecue. And it was kind of an idea. It started, you know, just this little fire, this little spark and. You know, they say it all the time. It's just a little spark. And as as I got more disenfranchised with the oil field, I that space got filled with a love for barbecue. And early on, even then, I knew it was important. Like the one thing I knew was important. If I really want to take this seriously, I can read. I can watch as many videos as I want. But until I go meet the guys doing it and somehow some way just talk to them for a second. And get one little bit of information. If I could do that with, with all these guys around Texas, then I could probably become a pretty god darn good pitmaster. That was my idea anyway. I don't know if it worked or not. But, you know, that's that's in 2017. It, it was, you know, from 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 at 2017, it was still pretty bad from 2014, 2014. The whole thing shut down. Global disaster. So layoffs. You find a shop, you can hang in there for a few months, then they're out of business. And then it's just a. by 2017, I'd been through the ringers for three years. I was like, enough is enough. I'm a smart enough individual. And I know my wife has my back. I need to do something on our own. And Mm -hmm. at that point, I had already kind of started meeting a lot of people inside the barbecue family and getting that itch and and getting that inspiration to say that maybe I could take a leap. And man, (laughs) I quit my job. I went full time barbecue. I that's was doing, awesome. Yeah, I was doing pop ups every week, and if I wasn't doing pop ups, I was doing pre-orders all weekend long, just as much as I could. And um, then Harvey hit, and then all of a sudden it was just like, well, that was fun. You better go find something else because people's houses are underwater. How are you going to convince them to come buy a brisket board like that? That's like, come on, man. That's be real. That's the last thing on these people's mind. Don't that'd it be disrespectful for me to for, even try. And the guys that were doing it, like Grant Pinkerton and and other places around town, they just opened their hearts and their doors, you know, and like, hey man, if you need to come eat, come eat. You know, if you're a first responder, come eat. And, you know, so I was like, Hey, I gotta go find me a job and just kinda ride this out with the city and because we're all in this together. So let me go find something else that I can do while we all recover. We got through that and eventually I was, you know, I tried to ramp back up with with pop ups, man. And our, our sisters over at 4J Brewery in Spring Branch. We we grew up in the same circles with a lot of the same people at the same time in high school. Uh, didn't didn't I'm talking about uh, Jennifer over at 4J and didn't realize we even knew a lot of the people the same people and they were getting 4J going and I was trying to get JQ's going and she kind of reached out and said, Hey, I see what you're doing. I like it. I think you could help us. We could help you. Let's figure it out, and so we've been there biweekly ever since.
0: yeah, and so so you're back working now. you're not barbecue full time
1: right now? Nope, I am back machining full time and barbecuing um, on the weekends Pop-ups on the weekend. Gotcha, okay.
0: Let's talk about your team. is it Is it a one-man show with uh, with help from the family or do you have employees or
1: a lot of people. Maybe it's my fault for not doing a very good job at it, but I'm really only one half of JQ's Tex-Mex Barbecue. My wife, Cindy, is the other half. And there is no conceivable way that it would ever ever have been possible without her support and her being there with me, because we both have full-time jobs. I mean, mine requires 60 hours, you know, six to six work schedule you know, five to six days a week. And hers requires that same schedule because she she is predominantly getting our daughter to school, picking her up, doing all that stuff, We, you know, the classes, the swimming lessons, all that stuff. So we leave really, really busy lives just for a family. And then we're also Mm -hmm. trying to build a business from the ground up. So she is as equally as responsible for where we are now. And uh, I really hope You know, people start to see that because all the any if you've ever had any of the sides and liked them, that's her. If you like the green sauce that everybody seems to love, that's her. If you like the the concept and the attitude that we bring, it's only because she's able to hold me up and get me through it. You know, so hats off to my wife, Cindy. Right.
0: That's awesome, man. That's great, Um, man. Power couples everywhere in the barbecue scene. You know, it's always uh, more than just one person, you know?
1: Yep. You know, it's it's a necessary part of the game is like that. Look at look at the success that that like Fijis is having and and Blood Bros is having. And I think J.C. Reed did a really good job of making it very clear that is not overnight success. That is Mm -hmm. blood, sweat and tears of five and six years of money loss and, and, and just, you know, losing money for caterings and this and that, you know, and all these things getting in your name. It's, it's, it was a five or six year grind for both those teams to get to that point. And even though they opened and it was like, Oh my God, it's are nationwide now. Well, they earned it. You know, that's, so pop-ups are a necessary part of the game. They're a tough part of the game. They're a very tough part of the game. Cause you know, at the same time, you generally, when you're doing pop-ups you're building your fan base and your and your customer base at the same time as trying to figure out who you are as a business owner and and what you want to put out there, you know, what kind of food you want to put out there. So it's it's such a difficult part of the game. And I've just been really blessed to have really, really strong industry friends that have kind of paved the way before me. And I I probably helped at seven, eight festivals serving 500 plus people before I ever did it for myself. You know, you, you got to take it all in. You got to learn as much as you can and use it to your advantage, man. Use it all to your advantage. So So
0: let's talk a little bit about your menu. I know we, we talked about it earlier, but uh, um, on your normal pop-ups that you're doing every other week, uh, what, what does your menu look like and do you switch it around quite a bit?
1: For a long time, we tried to push full menu. You know, like we're going to give you meats by the pound. You can get a plate. You can get tacos, you can get sandwiches, you can get all this stuff out of a pop up. It's doable if you're committed to doing it, which you could probably also be just as successful scaling that back, focusing on making these really delicious dishes and then just serving that rather than just, you know, trying to do that whole thing out of a little pop up. You know, I, I'd, I'd rather focus on maybe like five dishes that have a lot of heart and inspiration behind them and push that. So I think that's where we're going right now with, with our pop-ups is instead of a full menu, a menu of like five dishes.
0: Any uh, in particular that you're leaning towards?
1: We try to keep a lot of our favorites on on the on the menu. So like chimichangas more or less, we figured out a way to get that. And that that's always going to use uh, caramelo tortillas. I know if you're in the business of getting tortillas right now you're probably getting them from him so hats off to him it's a great it's a great product yeah just the way they're 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 made they just kind of made a perfect shell for what we did with them so um chimichangas the tamales even though it requires you know a back and forth relationship like i, I drive briskets to them they bring tamales to me from louisiana here her my, my aunt and my uncle um But that's where we're at right now with that. And it's a a mutually beneficial relationship because we both use the brisket tamales now. And so she's pushing them in farmer's markets out there in Louisiana. And I'm pushing them at my pop ups here in in Texas. So uh, very cool. Yeah. 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 It's it's all kind of been natural. You know, it's not. I don't think it's ever gotten to be where we plan on this is the way it's going to go, but I'm, I think I'm glad that it's it's gone this way.
0: Yeah, so you got some chimichangas. You got some uh, some tamales. Are you doing, like, sal- sliced brisket still, or are you doing so, some tacos? I, I
1: I'll probably always keep, you know, like, uh, briskets and, and pulled pork there for some, like, you know, just the tacos kind of like you had back when you came with mm-hmm. the pickled red onions and the green sauce because it's just, it's just damn good taco, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we we all all that we always use locally made tortillas for that, because what had happened with my mom is she like slipped at work and like broke her wrist and had still hasn't healed to this day. And that was over a year ago. So we kind of had to go away from her being out there at my pop ups on the weekend, sweating and gushing because she was she's the kind of person that would still try to do it even though she knows she can't you know so you know that was a big wrench in my gears is like okay well this was the concept but now what do i do yeah Um, you know that's when it kind of switched over to new direction which worked out man it worked out so although i can't really use my mom anymore for her tortillas which were phenomenal you know it's still i'm still able to use like my aunt and me or we come up with such a great little product there with the tamales and everything and, and they enjoy coming to town and helping us and it's it's been fun, man. Just developing that relationship too. So.
0: So you're doing the pop-ups every other week. Are you are you also
1: doing catering and uh, other events that come up? So yeah, we're doing a lot of the the Houston barbecue events now. We're going to be doing the Throwdown in uh, the end of September, September 29th at Saint Arnold's Brewery, and we're also going to be doing. Uh, we just got invited to do the Butcher's Ball, which is at Rock and Star Ranch in Brenham, Texas, on October 20th. Um, that is a great event, man. It, it basically it's kind of like what Lerma did in his backyard on mm-hmm. a huge scale, and with 50 chefs, you know, and or pitmasters and s- different kinds of demonstrations, butcheries, all kinds of great stuff, man. With live music, I mean, just the whole shebang. It's such a good event and, and it's and it represents such a good cause because it supports local ranches you know it helps for instance like the, what the event i'm involved is is the showcase and that's partnering with a local ranch somewhere around us and using their product to to come up with the dish and basically showcasing them and what what they're doing on their ranch you know so it, it's it's beneficial for both involved i went a few years ago for the first time to uh, help patrick fegis at rat at the butcher's ball and i mean i i fell in love and it's it's one of my favorite events of the year.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. I'll have to look it up and we'll share some of your dates and everything. As soon as you, uh, you get some more information, uh, we'll pop it up and definitely be supporting you there. Do you do caterings on the side, like weddings and stuff like that? Can people call you for that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We don't do a lot because of, like I said, because of our full-time work schedule. But mm-hmm. we're always willing to try to fit people in. You know, if, yeah. it, if it works for, for us and it works for them, then then of course, you know, anytime you can share your, spread your brand, then of course. So yeah, we, we, we do take caterings though. We haven't developed a website yet. That's just, I mean, obviously it took me a week to figure out Skype enough to call you on it. So I'm not a, (laughs) (laughs) look, man, I can, I can program in machining code. I, I have very little experience with computers, man. I just, I'm not a very, very big computer guy. So yeah.
0: Well, uh, your your passion lies elsewhere and and we're lucky for it because um yeah I'm I'm rooting for you man. I really want you to, you know, accomplish all of your goals and talking about goals, what, what what's next
1: for you guys? Um I would say that, you know, we definitely want to take the next step. I'd be happy, you know, just getting a little trailer and and parking it somewhere and fucking busting my ass and trying to trying to make that happen because hey, you know, I've made a lot of money for a lot of different shop owners over 15 years, I mean a lot of money, man, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I don't really have a whole lot to show for that outside of my beautiful family. I just want something with my name on it, something that I can pass down to my children, something that I can change the lineage of my family with. So yeah. the goal, the goal is is full time, you know. And but we're not in a rush to do. We're not going to make any bad decisions. I get a lot of really, really, really good advice from a lot of people that I really, really trust in the industry. And I think that the the path that we've taken has been a really solid one. And but when the opportunity comes to maybe get that next step, man, we're we're going to seize it.
0: Yeah, man. Well, you're, you definitely have the right mindset. Sounds like you have the right work ethic and you have the family support that, that you need. You know, you're, you're one, you're definitely one of those guys that, that people want to root for because you're always out there supporting other folks and, and always helping and and trying other people's foods, you know. Good luck to you, my friend. I, I appreciate you uh, jumping on here and and uh, being a part of this little Tex-Mex series. Right now, Tex-Mex is hot, and you're uh, you're one of the guys that people are talking about. So keep up the good work.
1: Thank thank you for giving us a platform, man. You know, what you what you're doing is 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 equally important to what anybody else is doing in the game, man. So you should be proud of what you're doing, man. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of traveling, it takes a lot of eating but uh, you're doing it at a high level, man. So you should be proud. And, and I look forward to seeing where it takes you.
0: Thank you, brother. I appreciate that as well, man. Before we cut out here, there's one last question I'd like to ask everyone. Can you tell us something about yourself that maybe most people don't know about you? I guess I
1: think that I'll, I'll take it a little personal and I don't mind sharing this information, you know. Um, I used to, to burn the candle down to both ends, man, you know, and, and leading my life in a, probably not a good path, you know where I would end up. I needed something to get away. I needed something to take my mind off of of what I was doing then. And with the help of my wife, God, and barbecue, I was able to get through that stuff, man. And and barbecue became the passion that took over what I was doing. Hey, man, if I if I wouldn't have started cooking, who knows. So really? anybody dealing with anything like that if you're willing to put in the work man you can come out the other end
0: man that's that's awesome man that's that's strong i wish i was right there with you man to give you a hug but uh that's 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 great thanks for sharing that man because i know there's people out there struggling and you know and probably dealing with some of the similar things so uh, i appreciate you sharing that and uh Dude, that makes me that makes me want to root for you even more.
1: Thanks, bud. I appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. Where, where can folks find you on social media and uh, and physically, uh, if you could give us the address and whatnot?
1: Yeah, so find us on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook JQs Tex Mex Barbecue. You do a search for that. Will our page will pop up, and on Instagram at JQs Tex Mex Barbecue, man page of pop-up and usually i try to update inside of the bio where our pop-ups are going to be you know get a couple of them on there so you know where they're going to be because they're they could be anywhere you know I'm, the crazy thing about it man is we're, we're technically underground but you know no logo no shirts no hats no nothing man i wear we have one shirt each me and my wife man we wear it every every event we have so we're 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 underground, technically. So uh, we usually our our biweekly pop up is at 4J. Now that it's getting a little bit cooler, we'll probably be back to a regular for every other weekend there, because during the summer, we scaled back a little bit. 4J Brewery is located inside Spring Branch. If you do a search on their page, either on Facebook or Instagram at 4J Brewing Company or on on Facebook at 4J or 4J Brewing Company. All their information comes up, and you can literally just pull up a map to where they're at.
0: All right, perfect. And they got some
1: pretty good beer there too. They're, they're. Think I'm killing it, man. They, they're just, they're wrecking it, man. They're, they're. I mean, they got a strawberry beer out right now that has just been like, they're, they're, they're doing their thing over there, man. I'm proud of those girls.
0: Would you say they're crushing it?
1: Yeah, they're crushing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, co- well, cool, my brother, man. I. As always, it's it's good to talk to you. It's probably run into you at the next big event. I don't know if you're headed out to uh, Texas Monthly this year or not, but uh... Uh,
1: man, uh, before anything, I'm just a barbecue nerd like everybody else, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I, I live for that kind of stuff. I, I love going out and supporting other people and and meeting all my friends and and meeting new friends and just being a part of that experience. So anything like that, you can probably almost guarantee I'll be there. So.
0: I'll, uh, I'll hit you up. Maybe we'll go do a barbecue run together.
1: All right, man. That sounds good. Hit me up.
0: All right, my friend. Take care and uh, good luck.
1: All right, buddy. Nice talking to you. Likewise. Thanks.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the iCrush Barbecue show. Remember, if you like our show, please give us a five-star rating to help us reach more folks. Subscribe to get all the past and future shows and share with your friends. Oh, and if I owe you a sticker, please message me on social media. I'm just catching up. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at iCrushBBQShow. Or just email me at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite pics. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue. Oh,